Welcome on into the 2 3 podcast. I'm Cam. That's Zach. Episode 26, the off season edition. 87 days since the last recording, Cam. 87 days. And this is about the fourth attempt that we've made to try to record this episode. It kind of feels like our first episode, Cam. This is like our third, fourth rendition of the same start, the same intro, the same jokes. And uh, here we are. It's, uh, have we really regressed that much that this is like our first episode? Uh, no, I think we'll be all right, but it has been a long time. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff that has happened since we last talked to you. Actually, the last time that we talked to you all was before the ACC tournament. And there's been a couple of things that have happened since then. And obviously all of you know how the season ended for Syracuse. The season ended? Apparently it did, yeah. Apparently like the there was a national champion that was crowned. And I don't know when that happened, but apparently it did happen at some point. But yeah, there was a, a couple things that happened. By the way, Zach and I recording in person again. Once again. Second time. Second time that it's been done. And this time... A little bit less awkward. We have a microphone each as opposed to sharing one microphone. Yeah, we're, uh, we're not making out this time. So. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. It was really awkward last time. But this time we're chilling on the uh, on the old futon. We're hanging out. It's uh, it's good. going to be a good episode. But a lot of stuff to get to. A lot of stuff to get to. There is a whole list of stuff to get to. And I don't even really know where to begin. When you look at all this stuff that has happened since... We last talked to you all. I mean, the Carrier Dome isn't even called the Carrier Dome anymore. I just don't know where to start, Zach. There are so many players that have come and gone. It, just a, a list of, of newcomers coming in. Yeah, it's really been so long that we could talk about just a grocery list of things that has happened since we last talked. But I guess we just got to go with the biggest news line, which I guess is the, the, new, the new name. Yeah, the JMA Wireless Dome. Do we like that name right off the top of the bat? I mean, it's just, I mean, calling it the Dome has always been great. Calling it the Carry Dome has always had a chime to it. I mean, just calling it the Dome. But now that it's like being rebranded, I get like, you know, the, it's a new deal. You know, it's a local Syracuse, like wireless internet company or something along those lines. So like, at least they're local, but it just doesn't roll off the tongue. And like, I know in broadcast and stuff and even like in the the graphics and stuff they made for like the, the the games they've they've announced for next year, like say in the JMA Dome, and it's just like it's just not it right now. No, it's not it right now. And obviously, in the past, it's just been called the Dome, and I think it's going to keep being referred to as the Dome. But right now, like I'm looking at a shot of the Dome at night with the lights glowing, and then it's got on the top there JMA Wireless and then Syracuse, and it just it looks really strange. Obviously, the Carrier logo was never really affiliated with the Dome for a very long time, but I think for now, looking at JMA Wireless, again, like you said, at least it's a local company. At least it's a Syracuse company. It's not like they outsourced it to some other like name brand that, you know, like the Walmart Dome or some some dumb name like that. So it is local. I think it's going to take some time, but I think for the time being, especially the locals are going to call it just the dome. They're just going to call it the flat out dome. Yeah. I mean, I get they got a brand new, I'm sure it was like a huge deal and they pay a lot of money for it. I think it would have been like a lot of respect if they like called it the dome and then like sponsored by JMA or something like that, or like something like that would be really cool. Obviously I, I mean like 10 years from now, like maybe JMA dome will, 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 will be normal to us 
15 years, whatever, five years, whatever. So like, we just got to get used to it. Ultimately, like it will be, it will always be the dome, whatever name comes before it, carrier, JMA, the two, three, whatever, you know, <laughs> it'll always be the dome. So at least, at least we have that. Yeah. The, uh, the two, three dome will be coming along here in the next uh, couple of years, but it kind of brings me back to a time when it was like the carousel mall and now it's destiny USA. So it, it obviously those changes, they come and go. And for the longest time, I didn't think I was going to be calling it Destiny USA, but I found myself leaning more towards that just because it kind of gets ingrained in your head. So I think give it a couple years, give it two or three years, people will start calling it the JMA Wireless Dome. I think for one that I'm going to keep calling it just the Dome, just in general, but it's going to take a couple couple years to actually get it. Hey, this is JMA Wireless. There's going to be branding everywhere, so it will change, but for now just the dome it still looks beautiful regardless of the name it's true it's it's still the the mecca of college basketball it's still you know the legendary dome that's coached by our guy Jim Beheim and you know it's it's still a legendary place and it always will be so better than the KFC Yum Center that's true I was gonna mention that earlier it's it's still it's still better than that so I was really worried that it was gonna be something really stupid like the the KFC Yum Dome <laughs> yeah they uh, I don't know what KFC was thinking there but I mean, the guy's talking about it, so I guess they're winning. That is true. Now, let's look at the players that have gone on the roster. Buddy, Jimmy, and Cole. They're all getting workouts. They're all planning on going to the NBA draft. We could see one of their names pop up. We could see two. We could see three. We never really know. But um, you look at them going into the draft, and I I know here at the 2-3, we could not be more proud of the, the three representatives of Syracuse basketball heading into this year's draft. Unfortunately, Buddy is really the only out of the three that got any combine experience. And he, that was only with the G League combine. He was unfortunately not invited to the actual combine after that. But he did show up. He had a game where he had 20 points. Worth, I think six made threes. So he had a good performance. And he might be able to sneak in late second round. And I do think Buddy is the best chance of getting drafted out of the three. I do think they all have a chance to make a summer roster. And maybe they can, you know turn some heads and find their way on our on a roster after the summer league but it'll be interesting to see come draft day if we if we see buddy uh get get his name called now it is worth noting that all three of them have had workouts with nba teams the atlanta hawks the sacramento kings the new york knicks just to name a few but when you look at the three of these guys i think for me personally the one that was definitely the most surprising that he didn't stay was cole I honestly thought that it was almost a lock that Cole was going to stay because I thought it was just great for his career. It would be great for the team next year. Obviously, he he sent out a, a message on social media a, a long time ago at this point, basically stating that him and his family have talked about it for a very long time, and this is what he feels is best for his career. But I think for me, Zach, like I was just I was really surprised when I saw that Cole Swider is going to be taking his talents to the NBA draft. Yeah, it did kind of feel like towards the end of the season, you know, he didn't really announce it. And we're like, you know what? I think Cole's coming back. I think he, he wants to run this back. He, he wants to, you know, sh- sh- end his season on a higher note next year and run it back. Ultimately, like, I think it kind of makes sense. He, he probably wants to open the door for other guys. You know, we have six freshmen coming in, you know, transfer coming in. So it's is it makes sense. It also would have made sense for him to come back. But obviously, at the end of the day, as always with anyone who leaves Cubes, whether it's after one year or three years or four years, it's just the best of luck. When you look at a player, too, like Jimmy, 
I think that there was a lot of question coming into the season whether his talents in the Ivy League were going to translate to the ACC. I think that they translate, they translated and more. I think that he was a tremendous player. He did have a couple spurts where he was kind of buried in the scoring book a little bit, but there were some games where he was shining and he was shining bright. He was coming alive and he was the reason why we were winning that late, that game. Yeah, I mean, not to get in too much because obviously this is old news at this point, but the last game he played in a circus uniform against Duke in the ACC tournament was was literally the best performance, I think, just given the circumstance of everything going out at that time, obviously we don't need to get into everything, but that performance he put on that day was like actually incredible. Yeah, it really was. And just to see, it, it seemed like he came in with all these skill sets that were going to help the Orange. And I thought to myself, well, he's obviously going to get better, but in what way? And he, he took those skill sets that he was already tremendous at and he just improved them. And he just translated them to the ACC level. I was tremendously impressed with with his talents. And I think any team that picks up the three of them, like you said, Buddy definitely has the biggest shot of potentially getting drafted. But I would think that all three of them have a really good shot of cracking the the summer league roster. Yeah, you know, maybe that turns into, you know, some some G League, you know, or a two-way contract possibly. And, and Jimmy's been open about this too throughout the season that he's he's okay with looking overseas. He, he likes the idea of, you know, just getting paid to play basketball and getting the experience of playing in a different country. So, like, you know, I think he has an open mindset. He, he's obviously trying the NBA way. It's everyone's, everyone's dream. But he's also very open to the idea of playing somewhere else. You know, if someone's going to play him to ball, that's that's everyone's dream as well, so. And shout out to uh, John Gillen. He's been balling out in his league. I, I don't remember off the top of my head what the name of the league is, but like he's been balling out. And shout out to Tyus, who just wrapped up his league in uh, Israel. So a bunch of players making names for themselves overseas. Always a good idea. You see a lot of Syracuse basketball players going that route. So obviously I could see Jimmy going down that route. But one guy, Zach, who has transferred from the Syracuse roster who I think kind of shocked us when he came out and said that he was going to transfer, was Frank going to Georgia. Going to Georgia, yeah. I mean, it, it's tough. Obviously, Like he, he saw some starting time this, this season with Jesse being injured, but it was kind of a shock to see Frank transfer. It kind of makes sense because he, he would be the backup center, and obviously he was hoping for something more than that. He had one press conference this year where he talked about it was earlier in the season, and I don't know if you recall this, but he like he mentioned how it was very hard to to play for Coach Behan. Yeah. And I think, you know, just kind of getting thrown into the starting lineup late and just all the pressure and getting pulled and Brahma coming in for him and just like all the stuff that was surrounding and just the pressure and trying to fill Jesse's shoe, trying to, you know, get his legs under him and just 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 kind of having a, a, a tough time maybe made him and also like looking at next year being like oh like Jesse's coming back obviously Jesse has that spot still he's like he he it makes sense it's it's unfortunate but he he obviously wants more than you know a backup role so now you may think Georgia why Georgia why would he go to Georgia well he went to high school in Georgia and Georgia was terrible last year they were 6 and 26 they were bottom of the SEC i remember watching a couple games with them they looked absolutely terrible so it could be a really good chance for him to get really good SEC competition because the SEC is no slouch in basketball anymore 
and also get some starting minutes. So that could be huge for his career and a potential leap forward, who I think he's a fantastic player. He just needed a little bit more time to develop. Yeah, I, I'm happy that he's going to like another power, power conference school in a great conference. You know, he's not stepping down to get more playing time. He's staying in. He's going to a great conference in the SEC, like you said. You know, it's no no slouch of a conference. So I'm happy for him. I, I hope he, he's able to find success there. And there's some, been some good plays players that come out of Georgia. Obviously, it's most notably known for a football school, but you know they've had some good basketball teams as well. So hopefully, he can get that program turned around. And Zach, you bid him. A a, a a do I did if you will I did I uh, was in the Syracuse airport a few months ago I can't remember the exact date but I was just chilling there and I look up obviously in the Syracuse airport so I see a six eleven Frank Anselm obviously we're still wearing masks at this point in the airport and I immediately knew I turned to my girlfriend I was like that's Frank Anselm then he walks across and sits like one row over from from us and I was like yo I gotta say something I just gotta say something like he's he, he's he just sat down he's like getting situated and he starts taking his stuff out of his bag and he's about to like put on some beats and, and jam out so I'm like all right I gotta catch him before he's in he's in and not to mention this is like at five o'clock in the morning so like no one wants to chat no one wants anything so I just walk up to him real quick casual and I was like hey man are you Frank because I just I don't know I, I, I knew he was but I Otherwise, like, how do I approach him? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I was just like, yo, man, like, I'm a huge fan. Good luck in your next step. And this is probably before we knew he was going to Georgia. By the way, he was, he was, he boarded a flight to Atlanta. So this was his visit. So a few days after that, it announced that he was visiting and obviously now he's transferring. So it's kind of cool to, to see him. And uh, I don't know, this is my, this it was my first time ever, like, meeting, I guess he's now a former. And he was already in the portal at the point I met him. But it was still cool to meet him. I would love to, I think we need to interview him here on the 2-3. I think we got a couple questions that we need to ask him. You know, what made him go back to Georgia? You know, what was the whole portal experience like? I think it'd be cool to get the opinion of somebody who has kind of moved on from Syracuse basketball. Is still playing collegiately, but kind of talk to him about like what the experience with Coach Beheim is and kind of catch up with him. Maybe when he's playing for, for Georgia, kind of get his opinion on everything. I think that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, another guy that'd be interesting to talk to you on that same is is Quincy. He's returning to to Oregon again. I don't know if you saw that, but he's, so second year in Oregon, he's gonna he's he's returning, which is wild. I, I never would imagine he would have transferred and it's, it's still played at school for two years. And Quincy, the guy who was a key contributor to the Oregon season throughout the year, Obviously, Quincy came into Oregon. A couple of questions if he was going to be starting or not. I think he lost the starting spot at one point, but he's been balling out. He's been every single time that we looked at him to see, you know, kind of check in to see how he's doing. We always like to check in to see how the, the transfer guys are doing. We always like to wish him well on their next adventure. But Quincy, definitely a guy who you knew was going to get some good minutes. He's a tremendous player. He's a tremendous athlete, but... I didn't really know how many minutes he was going to get. And he's making the best of it, man. He has been balling out. Um, I knew that there were a couple games where he was really going off in the scoring category. So really, really cool to see him kind of keep going with it uh, throughout his Oregon career. Well, I'm trying to think here. You might remember here off the top of your head, but it's kind of wild that he's going to be playing with Dior Johnson, who was originally committed to Syracuse. It was a huge buzz. Super excited to have him. 
but he recommitted to Oregon. So Quincy can be playing with him, which is just kind of funny how how that works out. And like we said, Quincy's been getting pretty solid minutes with the Oregon Ducks. He was a, a key contributor, especially down the line. I know that he was having some trouble getting some minutes earlier in the year, but um, again, always a guy that you knew was going to uh, be a contributor wherever he went. He ended up getting a little over 10 points a game. Um, that average went up. He scored, he dropped 25 against Colorado very, very late in the season. I don't believe that Oregon ended up making the tournament. Um, but still like had a couple of great games, dropped 22 against Colorado. Again, apparently he's got a favorite opponent, dropped 21 against Arizona. So again, really, really great athlete, always really fun to watch him play. And uh, started for the majority of the year. Actually, started every single game for for Oregon. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, some people might be like, you know, he's transferred. Like, who cares? Like, move on. But our mentality for any player, like I said earlier, like if they're here for a year, if they transfer after a year, if they transfer after two years, whatever it is, like we're we always wish them the best. And I think anyone who's a true fan of basketball and these kids should support them no matter what they do. You know, these these kids are just trying to do what they think is best and follow their dreams and. If that isn't always Cuse, I understand that. Obviously, like, you know, we'd love it for it to be Cuse, but sometimes it's not. And, you know, for people to go on and succeed at other places, I'm just as happy there, too. Speaking of transfers, we got to talk about Chaz Owens. He is, as of right now, him and Frank are the only orange men that have entered the portal. Chaz currently in the portal. No update on if he's going to be landing anywhere soon. And... The question becomes, will he just be returning back to Syracuse? You know, I don't know if he's been getting any sort of offers or anything like that. But uh, at this point, Zach, there are so many people that are on the roster. and so many people that are going to be coming in. If he does go back to Cuse, I have no idea where he's going to be getting any sort of minutes. Yeah, he's definitely in a tough spot unless he, I, I imagine, I don't know. I mean, maybe schools reaching out to him. I, I really don't know. I'm not really tapped into that, but Unless he drops down to like a lower conference or school or you know some, if he if he drops drops down, I don't really see him transferring to any like huge schools or any big programs, and I kind of see him finding himself in a similar situation to John Bull. John Bull, if you remember, entered the transfer portal last year, and ended up, you know, seeing his options, weighing his options, and returned to Cuse, obviously. And obviously now John Bowles can return again next year. So I have a feeling unless he's willing to take the step down to a, a, a lower conference and program, he, he also might be returning, which again, as much as it's, it's blunt to say, it's like hate to say, it, but like, does it truly matter? Like we have six freshmen coming in there. There's like, there's too many people in front of him to really like wonder what this how this impacts the team other than I guess just another scholarship we could give to someone but even at that point like who are you going to give that to because it's like yeah who wants to come to Syracuse and not play yeah the most amount of minutes that he had this past season was three against Florida State so he's just getting garbage minutes with the walk-ons that's kind of it I understand the frustration I really do where you you come to Cuse obviously he was recruited He's a scholarship player, and all he's getting is just kind of walk-on minutes. I get that, but unfortunately, that's just more or less the reality of the situation. And if you're playing D1 basketball that high caliber, there's going to be a lot of competition in front of you. So it's a matter of 
do you drop down and stay D1 or do you drop down and go to a D2 school or there are plenty of great D3 options in the area. So he's a great player. Unfortunately, we haven't seen much of that because he's just been, you know, towards the end when there's kind of a blowout. But he does have the talent to play at another place. Unfortunately, he only played in, what, six games this past season, so not too much time to really showcase your talents. Hopefully, he's able to get uh, opportunity elsewhere. Yeah, wishing the best, and, you know, he, he might return. We, we don't know. It's kind of getting late into the summer. I mean, there's still time until before the season starts, obviously, so maybe he'll find a landing spot, and if he does, and as always, you know, I wish him the best. So let's start cutting into this lineup that we got here. Let's let's start getting into the players that we know are going to be here. I think the top person on everybody's list as far as incoming freshmen is concerned is Judah Mintz, who chose Syracuse pretty late in the recruiting process, like really late in the pre- recruiting process. And he comes into this a four-star recruit, according to 24-7 Sports, 24th ranked recruit all time on Syracuse's list, according to 24-7. So he is great. He has speed. I've seen a couple highlights of him. He looks tremendous. No idea where he ends up on this on this lineup, though. I have no idea if he's a starter, if he's bench. No idea, Zach. Yeah, I mean, when he chose Syracuse, he mentioned that he chose Syracuse because there's an opportunity to play, because there's they need him. So obviously this, the staff on Syracuse have told him that they need him, they want him, and they don't just tell that to anyone. You know, they 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 offered him something that he wanted and he deserves. So I don't know. I you know he's a point guard. So does he get the pointing guards point guard start? I I don't know. I mean I kind of have based on last year's time here taking that spot at the moment, but may, maybe Judah can 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 take that or. It's definitely going to be a competition for the the pointing the point guards to buy, I would say. Now, here on the 2-3, we are not ashamed to say that we really, really love Cy. We think that Cy is best for the team. I think personally that in that role, you need to have the senior leadership that Cy brings. He is a leader on the team. I think with Cole departing, he is probably the designated captain. If you want to go into it with a, a designated preseason captain, I think he's the guy. The The idea of Judah Mintz starting is kind of, it's kind of mixed feelings with me because I'd love to see him showcase his talent right away and win over the Syracuse fan base. But at the same time, I don't want him to be forced into a situation where he's not ready for. I think that Sai needs to take control at that one spot really early. I just don't know if Jim feels the same way. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll see a similar, if we scroll back to JG3's freshman year, he was competing for that spot with, I believe, Jalen Carey. They're kind of going back and forth, you know, JG3 was getting minutes here and there. And obviously he, he ended up taking that starting spot after, I think, the, the New York trip. Um, even though... Jalen Carey had an insane game in the garden. He dropped like 20-something points. Like the best game of his career, I think, overall. But regardless, I do think... I mean, maybe Judah Mintz is a, just a superstar athlete and will will have the number one spot. Just He'll just have it because he's just so talented. I guess we'll see. But I imagine 
it's going to be Sai in the beginning. I mean, Sai, Samir is he's improving. He improved so much last year. His his arc last year was incredible. The way he started to the way he finished the season was honestly like I don't know, like almost insane because he he was like a different player. Like you you, you saw his spark. He's always had a spark, but just the way he was finishing, the way he was distributing the ball was just incredible. Well, not only that, but you saw the value that he brings to this lineup. You saw why people were so high on him and and said he needs to start, he needs to be in the lineup. He ended up finishing the year with 17 minutes against Boston College, 16 against Notre Dame. He had four in the first Duke game, 29 against Florida State, and then 40, a full 40 against Duke, which was arguably probably his best performance all year. It was the last game of the season. He looked great. I think that he really showed Coach Beheim, and even Coach Beheim in press conferences was talking about how great Samir was for the lineup. By the way, we're talking about Samir starting because we anticipate that JG3 is going to be moving to that two spots. That way he can get to his spots and get his shots in. I think that that, if you just look at the roster overall, I think that is the most important movement, I guess, is sending JG3 to that two spot. Don't let him control the ball anymore. Let Cy or Judah or whoever control that. Just let JG3 get to his spots. Yeah, I mean, let him be a shooter that he he, he is and has always been. And I think he's open to that move. And I and I think that it's it's almost it's almost done. I think that it's signed and sealed. JG3 is going to be two. And not to say he'll never handle the ball. I'm sure in pressing situations, he'll still be the guy that gets open. You know, now being the two or three guy, two or three ball, two or three like ball hander on the team now. So I, I'm sure like he'll still handle the ball from time to time, but overall he's gonna be focusing on finding his spots and just shooting the ball that he does so well. Now you think that there are basically two locks in this starting five or this projected starting five that we kind of have drawn up. So JG three is one of them. Yep. Jesse Edwards is the other. Yeah, those are the only two like firm 100% locks that I think those guys obviously you know they can't slouch, but they have a lot of grace. From from Jim, I mean Jesse a little bit less, but based on the roster and Frank leaving and having a transfer coming in, Jesse def- definitely definitely has that starting spot. And obviously JG three, Jim's stood up for him for for years now. He is locked in. He is gonna be starting one hundred percent, but he is gonna be making the switch to two. Yes, definitely. And if you look at Jesse Edwards, obviously he went out with that uh, fractured wrist. It really put a damper on the whole season, and it showed everybody the importance of Jesse Edwards. Absolutely. He is, he was incredible down the line. It was Jesse's team. It looked like nothing could stop him at all during one stretch of the year, and it was really a shame when he went down with that injury because it kind of felt like a, a knife to the heart where it was like, hey, the run's over. We were trying to be optimistic as much as possible because you always got to be optimistic with the team. But it really hurt to see him go down because of the year that he was having. Still definitely the the best year, obviously, that he's ever had. And I think it exceeded everybody's expectations of what Jesse Edwards uh, was going to be coming into the year. But going into this year, he's ready. I feel like he, he's ready for to take over his senior year. I think so too. I mean, I'm excited for him to come back. He's going to be eager. He's going to be... He's going to come back with a new conference because he knows what it takes. He knows he's he's the guy. He he knows what it takes to to be successful in this conference, in these games. 
So he, he's going to come in with a, a new found confidence and he's going to come back stronger. And I'm really excited for what Jesse can bring. I'm also really excited for what Samir can bring. I like I, I know we kind of already talked up Samir, but I, I'm very I'm I honestly like right now other than the freshmen because of this like kind of unknown what the, what some of these freshmen can bring. I'm so excited what Samir rule on the team next year will be. And Jim has always kind of had uh, he's been kind of steering the direction, especially early in the year, to start the seniors, the guys with the most leadership. So I feel like Cy would probably get the start in that regard. So if you want to think, is there a third lockup? I would say probably Samir. And then you're thinking, well, where's Benny? Come on, Zach and Cam. Where's Benny? He's been, you know, he he needs his shot. He's in there as one of our forwards. It's not a guarantee, though. I don't think. I have no idea between all of the forwards that are coming in, between all the freshmen. There's six of them, Zach. There's six different freshmen that are going to be coming in. I have no idea who that that third and that fourth is going to be. Yeah, I think, you know, Chris Bunch is going to be competing for that. I think, you know, I think Judah Mintz is going to be competing for size number one spot at, at, at the at the point guard. I think, you know, it's going to be it's going to be super competitive. And, you know, I don't really know because obviously all these guys are coming from schools where they, they've been the guy. So it's a different environment to come into a school and like compete with you know a guy like Samir who has proven himself in a, in a great deal on on the team in his Syracuse uniform to be like a guy like Judah Mintz who had a great uh, high school career like how do you take that you know adversity and that competitive nature I mean obviously all these guys are dogs and want to get that spot but it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out on campus right now because it is still early in the year some high schools are still going on Justin Taylor Malik Brown and Peter Carey uh, so Judah Mintz uh, Quadir Copeland and Chris Bunch have yet to go on campus, but obviously they're going to be there soon. It's been really cool to see the practices that have been going on. They've been, you know, looks like a fun bunch. I don't know if practices are actually mandatory right now, but um, like I said, a couple of them are still there or are there right now. But if you look at all of the freshmen coming in, I've heard great things about Justin Taylor. I've heard great things about Peter Carey. I've we've obviously heard great things about Judah Mintz, especially Chris Bunch. We've been hearing hearing a ton of great things about Quadir Copeland. So it's just all of them coming in. It's not like there's just one set person that is like, "Hey, that man's going to start. He's going to start. I know he's going to." It seems like at some point everybody's had enough hype coming in that they might possibly get that starting spot. Yeah, I think it really re- relieves the pressure from them too. Like Benny had the misfortune of being the only freshman last year where it was like five-star recruit, all eyes on Benny. Like, come on, Benny, come on, Benny, come on, Benny. But these guys kind of have the grace of being with a class of six other guys going through the same thing and all being like, you know, pretty highly, re- highly rated. And, you know, they all have a chance to kind of get in their lane and improve themselves. Additionally, you look at the backup center position, a hole that needed to be filled. Munir Hima is going to be coming in. He is a backup center from a university in Pittsburgh, which I cannot pronounce the name of. I have, I've, we just tried to look up the pronunciation of it. No idea, but he's coming in. At least we have, we know who's going to be the backup center. At least that hole is filled, and it's it's a very silly like area that you want filled in. But 
when you look at players that are going to be departing, you want to actually have that sort of security of, okay, this is who we're going to be filling it with. This is who's going to be coming in. And obviously, if a situation, hopefully it doesn't happen, but if a situation happens again where Jesse needs to be replaced for some reason, we know who's going to be replacing him. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have to fill that to fill that spot after we lost Frank, and it is just needed to happen. Obviously, we were looking at from someone from Florida State as well. He ended up going somewhere else. I can't remember his name, but you know, it's a hard role to fill because you're like, who wants to be our backup center? Obviously, you might have some minutes here and there, but it's like no one wants to truly be in that role. It's hard to grab someone who's trying to find that starting role. So it's good we got a field. I do think we got someone with, with a lot of a lot of hope, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you look at the walk-ons, we have no idea who the walk-ons are going to be. But from last year, you got Arthur Cords, you got Shane Feldman, you got Nico Ruffin. So those are the guys that should hopefully be coming back. We have no idea if they're going to. Obviously, the walk-ons change year after year. So we'll see. We'll see who's going to be on the, the squad. But... Looking at the squad from top to bottom, Zach, obviously there's a ton of questions. Who in your mind do you think needs to have the biggest year going into this year? I think, honestly, just for his own legacy, I think, you know, it's a senior season. I think JG3 has to really cement who he is, you know, the shooter that he is and just really prove to to the naysayers and doubters that he's a dog and he deserves to be here. You know, Bam's had his back. Some Syracuse fans have had his back. Some have, have not had his back. So I think it'd be really nice to see him put a really good last effort out and put a good, you know, last, last, the last dance to his ride. I like that a lot. I think Jesse Edwards needs to finish what he started he needs to finish what he started he was the leaps and bounds that he made last year was something that I I felt like was going to happen but it exceeded my own expectations I was looking at him last year he looked completely different than what he was the year prior and I think going into this year I don't know if we're going to see the leap like as big of a leap as we saw last year but I still think that even if he is the same player that he was last year still insane still absolutely insane yeah just imagine Jesse for a whole year oh incredible like ACC player of the year caliber yeah I mean just just where where would our season be if we had Jesse this year this whole year like that alone just having Jesse for the whole year is is like more than enough you look at the way that he plays, though, less fouls. He needs to be confident in the paint and not try to force those silly fouls like he was this past season. Yeah, I mean, he was starting to get better at that, but after his injury, obviously, there's no Lauren he can do after that. So he'll get there. He'll get there. So look at all these guys. If you had to guess... Who is your starting five? That's tough. I mean, we're going to go with my initial locks that we already talked about. So, JG3 at the two, that's a lock. Jesse Edwards at the five, that's a lock. Beyond there, it is so tough. I do think Benny Williams 
is going to be f- three or four, probably a four. I, I just don't know exactly who who you're going to put at the three. I, I, I guess it depends on who has, who's at the three. Like, can you slide him to three? He hasn't really played three at all. I mean, I guess he, the four position, you kind of throw anyone there. But any four there. So I'm going to say Benny. You know, I think he's going to have a, a huge breakout sophomore season. I do think having, he's kind of like, and this is not like a neg on him. Like, I think he's he's kind of like a super freshman this, this next year. You know, he's got six other freshmen. He's he's just one year older than him. has a little more experience. And I think that's going to it's going to help to have these younger guys with him. I look at five players who I think are going to start. I go with your locks, JG3 at the 2, Jesse at the 5. I think you got Samir at the 1. I think you interchange Benny at the 4 and the 3. And then if I had to guess if I looked at all the freshmen, I would say probably Chris Bunch. He's the person that I've seen the most good things about, especially earlier in the year. He was a very quick commit. He knew exactly that he was going to be coming here. I like that. He's been saying in uh, interviews, too, that he's excited to be here. Very excited to play against Duke in the big games. I love that attitude. I think Chris Bunch, he's listed as a small forward, so if I had to guess... Maybe put him at the three, Benny at the four. It's going to be a little bit odd because the the rotations in past, it's almost like we've had sort of a four out there that can play a five in a way. So it's going to be very odd to have like more natural forwards, I guess, in those roles. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I do think, I mean, we got to mention Jude as well. He's going to be right on the tails of Samir at the one position if he doesn't have it. If not, like, if if he's not starting, he's definitely the first guy off the bench, I would imagine, for either JG3 or, or Samir. And beyond that, I think, you know, a guy like Justin Taylor, he's he's right on the heels, too, of, you know, maybe he even goes in a three position a little bit. I don't know his, I can't remember his height, but I don't know. There's just so many guys, and it just seems like, they all, I don't know. It just feels like they all like. It feels like they all should be playing in a way. Yeah. So Chris Bunch and Justin Taylor are pretty much the same size. Justin Taylor is six six two hundred. Chris Bunch is six seven one eighty five. So, I mean, those are basically like kind of the same thing. I know there's a fifteen pound difference, but like, who cares? But I don't know if their play styles are different. I haven't seen them play. I can tell you this much. Normally in years prior, people don't really pay attention to preseason games. You need to pay attention to preseason games when they come up in October. Yeah. It's, there's going to be a lot of questions going into I'm it. I'm actually so hyped. That's a good point. I didn't think about it until that just now. The, those preseason games, the first look at these guys in Syracuse uniform, is actually going to be like super awesome to see. Now that's like three or four months down the line. We got plenty of time. Maybe we'll even get another episode <laughs> during that time. Yeah, you never know. So right now we're in June. It's going to be a great summer. Zach and I are going to be chilling. If you want us to be completely transparent with you, I went to grad school. I've been in grad school for a couple years now. So I finally graduated right after March Madness. Things got a little bit hectic. So uh, we took a little bit of time off. The two, three went on a little bit of a hiatus. Now we're in the off season, Zach. Now we're just chilling. Okay. Just like the boys, they look like they're having fun at practice. We got to have fun during the summer, man, before the, that work really sets in and 
Trust us, the 2-3 season 2 will be back, and it will be better than ever. We're going to have a fun time, but until then, everybody, just enjoy your summers. Go grill some meat. Go hang out with your, I don't know, dogs, cats, I guess. I don't know. Go enjoy yourself. Go enjoy that beautiful weather. Amen to that. So, uh, until then, hopefully we will talk to you again soon, and if we don't, I guess we'll be seeing you right as the season's going to be starting up. So it's going to be a little bit of a, little bit of a a gap until the next episode potentially. But yeah, we never know. We'll see. You know, like obviously we don't want to provide you with any stupid updates or just like an episode for an episode. So if we feel like talking, if we get an episode out, then you'll see an episode. Yeah. But definitely by the time the season's rolling around, and getting closer, we'll be back. We will be back, and you will be seeing, maybe you'll even be seeing our faces at some point. Maybe. Oh, my God. I know. I'm scared. I'm very scared. But until then, everybody, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great summer. Thanks for listening.